Golden West Radio now brings you the Lawn and Garden Journal. Get your questions ready. Our toll-free line is open at 1-800-374-3315. Now, here's your host, Carla Hersina from St. Mary's Nursery and Garden Center. Good morning, everyone. Are you there? Are you listening? It's a little sad this morning. Yeah, I have to say, it's going to be the last show of the season. So it's a warm, or should I say, it's a little cool out there today, but the ground underneath is warm, and I always think of the garden, how it goes to bed for the winter, and it looks like that little dusting of snow gives us a reminder that, yes, the winter is here, and it's nestling our plants in just beautifully. So it's all about whether we snuggle under the blankets, get a cup of coffee, listen to the Lawn Garden Show, or it's also about the winter's blanket of snow. Please listen. Snow covering each and every branch of every tree. The ground now slumbers with blankets of snow on top of her. Winter now dances through the bitter cold air with the crown of snowflakes in her hair. And with a robe of gray to match the dull sky, her fair white hands reach out to touch the dazzling snowflakes, which fly through the air and land upon her hair, snowdrops hidden under their blanket of snow and ice, and all the world is sleeping, all except Mother Nature, the Snow Queen, and winter, who stay awake to give some light to those who are still awake. Dogwood blossoms haven't opened their blood buds to greet the bitter air, and the bleeding hearts have never yet greeted spring, for it is still winter, and all the birds have flown south, while winter birds have flown north to greet the cold, while other birds stay here year-round, without leaving, whether it's hot or it's cold, or just right. Icy-covered creeks are frozen cold from the winter's cold blast, and everything is a white paradise. Wind is blowing every night to signal it is cold, while I shiver and fall back to sleep under my own warm comforter, and the moon's shadows dance into my room through my bedroom window, and stars twinkle in the night's black gown streaked with midnight blue. Such picturesque beauty that only poets can pen with their quills and feather pens dipped in black ink. Stacks of papers describing millions of different themes. Winter, spring, summer, autumn, flowers, night, midnight, and many other themes which poets love. It is within the winter's blanket of snow. Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the Lawn and Garden Show. Uh, yeah, it's the last, the last show of the season, right? Because we have another season ahead of us, and we're always thinking spring, as gardeners always do. We're always looking ahead and seeing what there is. So the lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. I'd love to hear from you. Just to say, hey, how's your garden? How was your gardening that last year? You know, um, 
grab that garden journal. This is the time that we get, yes, maybe it's the little, the little sadness that we're not going to be talking together each Saturday, right? We're a group of friends that get online. We talk about our gardens. We see what our challenges are. We see what our strengths are for sure. And be proud of those strengths when you're gardening. And look at the challenges as, you know what? I can do it. I can do this. I'm going to make this happen. Whether sometimes some plants, yes, maybe the plant doesn't work in that location. So make that challenge and dig it up next spring. Move it to a different location location, and see how it does. I bet you it strengthens too. And it says, thank you for moving me because over there I wasn't so good. But over here, so much better. And I mentioned the garden journal. Because this is the time where we're going to take a rest. We're going to reflect on our gardens. See what we loved. See what colors inspired us. See which areas maybe need a little dabble or tweak or something that's in there. Mark down too. Even little things like I enjoyed sitting with the cat today in the garden. Or the humorous things that you may see. Yes. Maybe not so humorous. Remember the squirrel who this fall ran along the fence and I thought it was such a cute little motion until I figured out one day, yes, my patio furniture cushions. Yep, he was lovingly taking the stuffing out of one of them. But it was a giggle and yes, I shared some stuffing. But the strength is, ha ha, I get to replace my cushions with a new color this year. Also too, Mark down events that happened in your garden. You will see, you'll be reflective. Garden journals, you go back and you read them over and over again. In comparison, very much like the farmers. Hello to all the farmers out there. How your crops did one year. When you put them in. How they succeeded. What the moisture was. And even little wee stories. A couple that come to mind is Oscar grabbing the broom and saying, yeah, yeah, working. And he grabs a broom and sweeps. Yes, it's in the diary. To completely where Violet and I are picking tomatoes. And I say, only the red ones, Violet. And lo and behold, I get a bowl of green ones. But I think the little imp did it because I see the reactions of teaching her from red to green. And the twinkle in her eye when she produced a little bowl of green baby cherry tomatoes to me and I think she knew I think it was playful it's memories that we create in our gardens and it's memories of friends yes hello to all of you from far and near we're listening together at the lawn and garden journal and as I say we're talking about our journals but the other part of the journals is has anyone got the the new garden uh catalogs yet I know they are going to be showing up soon. We have already had people coming in going, where are the new seeds? That tells me something. That tells me that there's the energy of people that are loving their garden. They're already looking. It's been a little bit of a break. We've done that tidy up and now we're flipping through. We're wanting and I'm sorry. I have to say I have been lucky enough that I've seen some of the catalogs in advance because yep, we're a grower here. So we have to be prepared to get things going and growing because you know that uh, 
that little white dusting that's out there is going to get a little thicker, but soon enough, our chilled, clean greenhouses will be sparked up again and heating things up in the midst of late December, January. Yeah, I know, but it's just right around the corner. So already we're planning. We're planning for what pots to put where, what plants to put in, and you too are going to be doing that. I know you are because there's that energy that's out there. There's a few things that you should be looking at too. Um, I just want to do a quick shout out because it's very important on certain aspects of things. If you have not done this yet, uh, I know that around here we've had a little bit of a impulse of people coming in and saying that the deer are rubbing against my trees. That's when they're taking their heads or their antlers and they're rubbing up against a lot of the trees. On younger trees, uh, a little bit more of a detriment because they will cause removal or scraping of the bark. That's your outer cambium of where the tree is actually alive. Just remember, the outer bark or the outer skin of the tree is where all of the elements of your uh, two fluids of xylem and phloem, which are the connective tissues for your tree, they go up and down a tree. So if there's a break in this, you will see that uh, it causes a little bit of a detriment. If it's on one side and you still have that outer bark connecting tissue from the lower portion to the top, it's going to cause a slowdown maybe. It's going to cause some opening and some wounds. So you want to protect those wounds and uh, deter them from coming back because once they go to one tree, they may come back and do some more damage. So there are some really, really economical tree guards that are out there. Uh, for the, the, You can either get the spiraling type that are super easy to put on, but you got to get it on where it's a little milder. It's a little harder when the, when the weather does get cold on those hands. And then for larger ones, there's corrugated uh, tubular ones that you slide up the tree as well. Remember, though, if they are only three feet tall, remember... The snow climbs, so it's going to protect it even higher up. Go to the main branches across there, and you're also going to deter those rabbits. All right? We don't want those rascally rabbits doing stuff, damage to our plants. All right. Katerina is on the line. Good morning, Katerina. Good morning, Carla, and uh, thank you for having me. <clears throat> yeah. Where are you calling from today? Oak Bluff. Oak Bluff? Oh, I know where you are. Good morning, yeah. everyone in Oak Bluff. <laughs> How can you help you yeah. today on the Lawn Garden Journal? All right. Well, um, so two, two, two Mother's Days ago, I got a hydrangea uh, with a, uh, purple flowers on it. Okay. And um, so it bloomed, and then it just, like, withered. Okay. And so I, I called the garden center where I had received it from, and um, they said to repot it. So I repotted it, and it just wasn't growing. So this spring, I just kind of, like, put the pot, everything outside onto the deck. And all of a sudden, I noticed there was some growth happening and all that kind of stuff. It started blooming beginning of September. So I put on the diatomaceous earth and all this other kind of stuff, sprayed the leaves, brought it inside. And one of the blooms has already dried off. Like, I mean, it's a bud, and it dried off. And I see there are other buds, but... I'm just worried that they're going to dry off. Anything I can do to kind of encourage it to keep blooming? Yeah. If you brought it indoors late September, it probably went through a little bit of a transition because 
it's kind of like a culture shock. We go from winter and all of a sudden we go to Florida where it's warmer. And we, we need that couple days to sort of adjust to get into that swing of things. So mm-hmm. humidity, humidity, lack of humidity will cause some bud sets to go through. Uh, transitioning from one state to another because it's an Mm -hmm. environmental change. Um, Mm -hmm. If if your buds dry out, like hydrangea, hydra, yeah, water. I've been I've been soaking it with water, which is why I think it's encouraging the growth of these gnats that I seem to have an abundance of. Which is my second question. (laughs) But anyways, okay. I could just see it. Uh, I want the blooms, but oh, I don't want the gnats. I I can I can mm. feel that I can feel that. But um, if you bottom water your hydrangea, then the top mm-hmm. here. Let's go back. The hydrangea needs to be watered well, and okay. uh, they love that moisture that's in there. So if you can mm-hmm. uh, keep the mo- moisture that's on there. Also, if it is in a blooming state or bud to bloom state, yes. Are you, fer- are you fertilizing as well? Uh, yeah, yes. I, I've fertilized it once since I brought it in. Like, oh. I wasn't sure if I should be fertilizing it more often. Yes, fertilize it more often because the type of hydrangea that you have, it will be a houseplant variety. It's uh, yeah. already in our area. So you want no, to be it's fertili- not. Yeah, you want to be fertilizing. Uh, you can mm-hmm. use a 20-20-20. They're also acidic-loving plants. So okay. if, you, if you have any 15-30-15, um, like for your annuals that are outside, Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you can try that, but I like using the twenty 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 all the way across the board. Okay. Okay. And I would do it almost uh, what, weekly. That's on there. You'll see that your leaves will go deep, deeper green, and you'll also right. see that your blooming is going to be there. Okay. 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 Now that sounds let's good. Go, let's go to the gnat problem, and those <laughs> gnats are nasty. Some people yes. think. That some people think that they're aphids, so check that they're not aphids. Oh, um, no, they're, these are not aphids. They're like, uh, you know, I can see them, like my window, I've actually put like um, <laughs> uh, tape backwards on the window. Yep. And they're, I can see all the immature gnats, like there are just so many of them, you know, and I've been, and like yep. I said, I put on diatomaceous earth. I've even taken Raid and sprayed the ground with Raid. Okay. And... Well, what Not we're going to do just, is you're, you're going to start bottom watering your plants. So okay. if you if you can, like, I, I know that you can't bottom water huge plants, like ones that right. are just, you know, but on our smaller type of house plants, if you can bottom water, this mm-hmm. is, this will help deter the moisture that's being on the top portion of the plant. Right. Um, okay. So in order to prevent them, we know that we need the top surface to be a little bit drier because they're going to lay their eggs in the top surface of that, which keeps the moisture happening on their eggs in order for that to create this cycle. So we want to get rid of okay. the adult. The adult, mm-hmm. you can use uh, sticky strips. will give you a good indicator which plants are your uh, ones that are the most infected with the eggs in the soil. Okay? Okay. So okay. use use a sticky strip because you may have it in a different location. That's one thing. Oh. Mm. Uh, if okay. you just recently watered and your the top of the soil is still wet, get a little mm-hmm. garden fork or a you know just a regular fork. Yep. Lift it up and aerate the top portion of your plant so that you get air into the top surface faster. Okay. You know because sometimes some house plants we keep watering them and water them and they get that cakey flat hard surface. Yeah. Aerate. Aerate it. Give it some aeration. 
And when you notice that you're going to water your plants, when I say bottom water, if you have a little saucer and you're only putting a quarter of an inch of water in there waiting for it to wick up, that's going to take a fair bit of time. What you can do is get a deeper saucer, like two, three, four inches deep. Mm -hmm. It's not going to cover the pot, but the higher the water when you're bottom watering, the faster you're going to push water up into the plant. Okay? Okay. Okay. And judge, too, because hydrangeas, when they're really nicely watered, they're heavy. And and they're kind of like, you know when hydrangeas are getting a little sad with dryness because their leaves kind of start to droop a little bit, right? Okay, yes, yes. Yeah, so try those two things, all right? Okay, I will do that. At the same time that you are allowing the top surface of the soil to dry out a little bit, keep up with Mm -hmm. the diatomaceous earth, too, because that will get... Um, the insect when it's in the crawling state before it produces wings. Okay. okay. Will do. Right. Thank you so much, Carla. Oh, you're And uh, I look forward to next spring. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Uh, you know what? Um, I, uh, Chris, one of the people at Golden West Radio, it was a very lovely yeah. little note that I got this morning. And uh, it was, we will see you back in 2024. So I will let you know now, and I hope Chris is listening. Yes. Um, if they will have me, I will come back for 2024. Wonderful, okay. wonderful. Okay. okay, look forward to that. Okay, okay. thanks, Carla. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a very good uh, winter's rest and have a very good holiday season because that is what's coming up next is our holiday season, right? And fungus gnats are one of those things that, yes, they happen. All right? They're kind of discouraging, but I keep going snapping at them and that but you know what it'll happen you'll get rid of them all right let's go right to the line katie's on the line good morning katie good morning um good morning i have a wandering jew plant and it's beautiful uh but it's developed brown uh, rusty dry patches on many of the leaves um what would be the cause of that what is that uh, that could be bacterial if it's on there. Uh, are the Okay, so if it's brown patches, you could have a bacterial portion that's in there, which is a fungus disease that's on it. Is it on the tips or is it further back in the sort of at the, the crown or where it comes from the plant above the soil? Some of it is along the edges and some is in the middle of the leaf. Um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Okay. So, again, when we're talking about browning on leaves, if, it is, if, if it's not a fungal problem, and fungal problems are usually caused by overwatering. Um, oh. we, we see this because when we bring some of our plants or plants during the winter right now, you have to remember mm-hmm. the light levels are lower. They're, okay. more in the horizon, they're more in the horizon than being directly right above us. So plants, okay. plants don't respire as fast as when the light levels are higher and temperatures are higher. Yeah. Um, so they go into slow down mode too as well. So you're probably going to see that you're going to water less that's on there. And also we've turned our furnaces on. So that takes out a lot of the humidity in our house too as well. So mm-hmm. I would check for, uh, make sure your soil dries out in between that you don't have um, a mold issue or fungal issue that's on it Mm -hmm. Uh, if it's on some of the tips and some of the end maybe uh giving it a little extra spritz of humidity 
that's on there, a little mm-hmm. bit of moisture that's on it. And, okay. um, you know, so because underwatering too can also cause browning of some leaves where they will actually mm-hmm. dry up and fall off. Okay. Also, okay. Too, uh, the other thing too with the Wandering Jew, they don't like a uh, high, high light that's in there. So sometimes oh. um, excessive sunlight can cause some scalding too as well. But you would see a change right away in that leaf structure. Okay. Okay. All right. okay. Yeah. So then do I have to replant this thing or? Well, if it's on the tips, if it's, if it's waning and it's a bigger plant, uh, if you can do some uh, pinch, like pinch the, the longest leaves at the ends, because yeah. if you if you pinch a wandering Jew, like the growth keeps going longer, 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 the, yeah. the new growth, if you can slightly pinch that, it's mm-hmm. going to stop those leaders from going longer, and it's actually going to cause the plant to produce leaf sets, which will turn into branches further mm-hmm. and closer to the pot. Mm-hmm. Okay? So those... Okay. Yeah. So when I when I cut them back, would I stick them into a jar of water to create new roots? You can, but I would only do that if you don't if it's a clean uh, cutting, not one that has uh, any signs of disease. Okay. Okay. So make sure it's clean. And oh, the other thing, I just <laughs> sorry as I'm going through, we're talking. I'm thinking of all the other things that can go on there. Um, if the browning is more of a bumpy look that's on it or uh, sort of like a little uh, cap or a bump look. Um, you may have some scale on there too, so double check, okay? Okay. Alrighty. Okay. All right. You're giving me lots of advice. So. Oh, thank you very much. Oh, you're very welcome. Questions. You're very welcome. And thank you for calling in to the show and thank you for listening. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I was just flipping back yeah, my lawn, my garden journal here, because I keep I keep a journal on our conversations, believe it or not. I like uh, seeing what we're talked about over this the years, and I quickly turned back, and it ended up on almost. Um, it's kind of in the same thing. I flipped it back, and it actually opened up on the exact time frame, end of October, that was in here, just to sort of see what there was. So. A lot, and I'm flipping through how many pages we had, because as you're asking me the questions, I'm marking down, and I want to thank you. I thank, I have a lot of pages this year, they have conversations with you all, so that tells me, hey, you are listening, we're having fun on here, and also to little garden tips and little suggestions of what could be done, how we can remedy things together to improve our gardening, which again, if we improve our gardening, we're happy, aren't we? Because it makes us so successful. And it gives us that energy and that spur to continue and do something else. Or uh, if we're enjoying our gardens, we're sharing our garden expertise with the neighbor over the fence. Uh, we're laughing. We're crying about things that maybe have not been <laughs> successful. But I think it's more apt what we were successful with. All right. And I want you to have success with overwintering your uh, trees and your shrubs. So we're going to go back to the conversation of overwintering. But the, remember, the lines are open, 1-800-374-3315. Now, we talked about those uh, deer that were uh, running against our trees and removing the bark. 
and I suggested that you use the tree guards that go up the trees to prevent the deer from running. But remember, the little uh, talk that we had quickly was about the rabbits too as well. The rabbits love those sweet trees. They love apple trees. They love pear, any fruiting, maples. They go after that bark. So do this with your younger trees that are on there because they are most affected by it because their trunks are a lot narrower. Some of the larger trees, yes, I'm talking 12, 10, 12 inches that are mature, less chance of detriment that's going to happen to it. So protecting your trees from the rabbits, and remember that little rascally rabbit, if you put a tree guard on and it goes three feet from the bottom of the ground up, you're going to not only deter the rabbit, but you're going to deter the vole that's running under the snow, who is well insulated underneath that snow. But also, too, the height of the snow will depict how high if you decide to put a secondary collar on top. Because I know uh, a couple years ago, you may have heard me say that, you know, I have a, a fairly large uh, gladiator crab in my yard, and it's mature. And lo and behold, the little rascally rabbit went up onto the four-foot snowbank that was nicely underneath this uh, gladiator and decided to chew all my main branches off my tree. So make sure you collar and protect. And for those other areas that are in there, there's a little product. I'll, um, there's one that's called Bobex that's in there. Uh, yep, like Bobex. I guess he's maybe after the rabbit, you know, Bob that's on there. It's a deterrent. It's a spray that you can put on. It will help to prevent deer and rabbits from uh, taking a little bit of a taste taste on it, not from rutting, but you know, it'll deter things away from there. So that's maybe something that you want to do. All right. I know that on through here, we're always talking about weather. Now here's a, a tip too. For wrapping cedars, I looked at the forecast ahead and I know that we had a little wintry blast here. For those of you in the south, you have not felt this yet, but we had a blast of cold weather that came through here and gave us awakening that yes, winter is on its way. But the forecast ahead, I don't know. I hope they can uh, stay true, but I see like uh, plus four, plus five in the weeks ahead. So it's too soon to put the burlap around your cedars. It's not too soon to get the stakes in the ground because you want to be able to get the stakes in the ground and the ground is still warm beneath that nice little covering, that blanket of snow we talked about. Get the stakes in the ground. I like them about three inches away from the uh, cedars and evergreens so that they're not, the fabric's not laying on the structure of the plant. And when we get sustainably cold, then it's time to get your burlap and staple it Wood stakes are perfect for this because you can wrap it around and then you can go out after when the snow is a little bit higher on there. Yeah, you're going to have to go through the snow. We're hardy up here. We got boots. Let's do it when we can go out there and wrap the burlap around it and protect those plants. The reason why we do not want to do it too soon is because if the weather does get warm, We're just creating this tent effect that's around it that's giving the plants a false signal that the temperature is still warm. You want them in solid dormancy, all right? And then 
when spring comes next year, we're going to have that conversation where it's going to be, hey, it's too soon to take it off. All right? So the reverse will happen. But let's talk about that next year. So you have a few things to do, and the weather's going to be nice next week. Get the tree guards on. Get your bobbicks gone. Get it going. And get the stakes in the ground for when you're going to go out there and do your wrapping. And the purpose of the wrapping, too, is not just because of the cold the cold that's in there. It's to prevent sun scald on a lot of your plants, too, as well, because the winter winds will reflect off of our beautiful white scenery. And on some of those mild days, it gives those cells a little bit of a, again, a false security. And again, it helps to break the wind from those cold winds that act as a desiccant or a drying effect on those cells of that plant. All right. Now we've dealt with that. I want to talk holiday and I'm talking Christmas. I'm talking festive uh, feelings that's on here because that's that warm and cozy. Have you been seeing some lights coming on or testing the lights yet? That's on it. Cause yes, it's ahead. And I'm going to give us a little plug here where uh, I got to say a few people have been sort of saying, where have you been? I haven't been posting a lot on social media yet because the elf dust, and I'm talking the elf, you know, it's this elf is not on a shelf. And I have a lot of elves helping me because our biggest display ever of Christmas is coming up. This year, I think we're over 40 decorated theme trees. So if you want to mark your calendar, uh, November 12th. Yes, we will be closed uh, November the 11th. It is Remembrance Day. And traditionally, we respect Remembrance Day. So we will be closed on Remembrance Day. But on the 12th, the lights are up and we're shining and we're showing you the best little hidden. Yeah, we're not hidden. If you haven't been to our holiday display, you are going to be in awe of what we do. We have many hands here that make a fabulous display. We give you ideas and inspire you. Everything from the indoor decor to creating beautiful, I'm talking beautiful, outdoor containers. And this is the garden side. If you have those containers that you put on your front door, why as gardeners do we put the pots away? Let's create something that's beautiful as an entrance. You had beautiful, drop-dead beautiful pots welcoming at your door. Create something this year. It's a touch of greenery. It gives you, and believe it or not, it's inspiring. It's welcoming. We call them porch pots. And we also do classes on porch pots. If you're not sure what we're talking about, we'll even have some porch pots ready made in the week ahead so that you can come in, take a peek, and get creative. This is the crafty side of us. You can come in, do a class, join a class, or you can pick up the pieces and do it while you're home. The secret is pick a pot that can be outside. The other biggest secret, make sure if you have existing soil in your pot, yes, we all have those pots that we just cut the greenery off and we are left with that root ball. Sometimes we skim off the top and put new soil on top so we can reuse that same soil and there's nothing wrong with that. But make sure if you're going to do your creation, bring it in the house, let it thaw, or put it in the heated garage, let it thaw, or join the class, bring your pot with your thawed soil, and we'll help you create something wonderful. And the greenery portion of it is cedar, silver fir, Douglas fir, 
white pine. And what really brings this to life is if you're looking for branching, twigging, red dogwood, and what's really popular is your birch poles. You're putting a few birch poles in there to give you some dramatic effect in the middle. And what I really like to do is if you have an electrical source that's close by, throw a puddle of lights in the bottom of that nesting. Weave it amongst that cedar and that silver, uh, silver fir. Maybe put a little decorative nesting that's in there. You won't see it during the day, but oh gosh, it is dark in the morning. It's going to be dark at night again. And that soft glow of holiday lights. I like white lights. You might like colored lights. But that nesting of lights with even the dusting of snow on top, it lightens the pathway and it accents your front door. And when you're coming up and your neighbors are coming to see you for the holiday uh, activities or events, it's quite stunning. It's quite pretty. And don't forget, maybe a few berries in the in there too as well. Uh, as well. It just gives you that wel- welcoming feeling. And if you're thinking about other uh, classes, there's other garden centers that are out there that are doing classes too as well. Uh, wreath making. So you can do wreath centerpieces. If you've never been a florist before, this is the chance that you can come in and get uh, uh, creative with doing some centerpieces. It's always something that you can do and something that you can contain and go with. All right. We haven't even talked about, uh, I know that's the outside. Okay. The outside's done. You've done your porch pot. And remember too, sorry, uh, there's always something in the back of my mind that should tell you when you're doing your creations. When you're pushing your pine boughs and your uh, greenery into your pot, when it's thawed, uh, give it some slight moisture that's in it. Remember to give a slight cut on the end of your greenery. It's just like buying a nice, beautiful bouquet of roses for the dining room. You give a little snippet on the bottom to open up that portion that has sealed itself off. And you'll see that as soon as you stick it into the water, it's going to draw that moisture back into those boughs so it keeps it fresher longer. All right. And if we do get those mild temperatures that are on there, throw a little water on your boughs, keep them fresh. They will like the moisture that's on it and it stays longer and welcoming. It will take you through the holidays that's on it. Now, there's a few other reminders here. We've talked about the outdoor holiday containers that you're going to enjoy. If you want to do fresh cut centerpieces and uh, fresh wreaths, we, sh- we actually have a class on how to hand tie uh, a, a, a wreath too. And don't be scared. Call your garden center that's close by. If you want to do something crafty, join a class on your own or what we like to do here too as well. If you have a group of gals all together, get a group, phone us and say, I have, I have a bunch of friends and we want to have a, a craft party. Let's talk. All right. Some of you may have businesses where you have uh, staff. We call it team building exercises. The amount of fun that you have with a group of people that you can get your staff together and do something constructive. And I have to say, constructive in a beautiful Christmas winter wonderland atmosphere. They're out there. Phone your center. See what you can do. Do an activity. And in the same time, why not be in a garden center where you love the plants? Because we're all gardeners, right? Lawn and Garden Journal. Our gardens. Yes, the lawn is there too, but we love our gardens. All right. 
Now, we are tickling our fingers right now because, yes, we opened up some amaryllis. We got our first batch of amaryllis a week ago, and we have more uh, amaryllis that just arrived. If you saw my posting when I was away uh, on business a while ago, yes, I was outsourcing some stuff. How to grow an amaryllis. These are seasonal plants. I'm not just talking poinsettias. We all know the poinsettia is for Christmas. Whether you get pink, white, marbled, or traditional red. Now the amaryllis, dominant, large, almost trumpeted type of bloom that's on there that in variances of colors too as well. But traditionally you think that they are grown in soil. Yep, you only want to put uh, maybe a third of the bulb in the soil or the trending style is they're not even planted in soil. They're planted on a base uh, with a structural, with a wax coating. And what the hottest new item is, if you want to see it, it's got a velvet textured covering that's on it. So you're not even growing these in soil. Those bulbs have the energy to produce leaves and flowers on their own. I can see these structurally. If you have a mantelpiece that's uh, there that you can favorable that's on it or a nice side table, these big beautiful amaryllis bulbs with stone pebbles that are around it so they're not in soil but you have a bank of beautiful stone pebbles with a cluster of amaryllis that's on here. And they are such a long blooming plant that you will enjoy the texture that's on it. Think about it. You're all going to be going to your garden center going, do you have amaryllis? Do you have Christmas cactus? Do you have poinsettias? Because the season is ahead. Thank you, everyone, for the season of 2023. We look forward to hearing from you and joining us around a cup of coffee in 2024. I wish you all a very happy holidays ahead. Merry Christmas. We'll be back next year on the Lawn and Garden Journal. Bye-bye, everyone.